Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well... Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Ask me, ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram comment section. Leave them on your Twitter or leave them on your Facebook. We'll see them. was at uh, dinner with my family and my mother-in-law came back to the table and she was like, it was like one of those Italian restaurants that has like a market in it. And very, it was very, very small. You have to make a reservation. Um, that is to say that it wasn't like a free-for-all, like crazy buffet. Anyways, my mother-in-law comes back to the table and she's like, there was this, not biscotti, but some cookies. She was like, there was a bag of these and I thought Sierra would like them. So I picked them up and I said to the lady, I'm going to take these to the table and I'm going to come back and pay for them. And the lady said, no, leave those right there. <laughs> like very stern. So the question is, who's right, who's wrong? I mean, when have you ever been allowed to take something without paying for it? That's what I said. And to my, I guess my, my mother, well, because it was a small, super small restaurant. Like you could see everyone. And I think my mother-in-law was like, I'm going to take them and I'm going to come back with my wallet. Like we've been eating here for like an hour. Right. We made a reservation a week ago. Uh, my take was, I was like, yeah, we'll just come back with your wallet and pay for them. Like, you don't, and to this lady's point, it's like, I don't want to have to think like, okay, did she come back? Like, what if you get distracted? Like, I don't want to keep tabs. But where most things go wrong in our society was the lady could have said, actually, we prefer that you pay and then go do it. Right. And it's just crazy to me how unaware people are of the way they come off. Those are going to stay right there. Like, okay, we're at a I do a also restaurant. wonder, though, if it was just like an immediate panic of like, no, 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 don't take those. Like, you're just trying to stop someone from walking away. Less so. And it came across harsher than it was meant to be. It could have. It's a little stringent, but also, I don't know. I just thought I'd start the episode with like a little teaser of like, teaser. no one's totally wrong, but like the lady who's right is right, but like her delivery was wrong. Okay. I'm glad it wasn't me involved. <laughs> Right, because I would be devastated if someone told me, just leave that right there. I'd be like, I, of course I was going to pay. What? what, what what's yeah. happening? Something must have happened. But also it's easy to like, oh, I went to my table. Oh, and then I I got caught up in a conversation. We opened, I went to the bathroom, you know, but. Right. Or anyways. what if you open it and you eat one, you don't like it. And you're just like, I'm not paying for these. I don't like it. Well, that's crazy. I do that with Sour Patch Kids all the time. I open it to make sure it's fresh. And if it's not fresh, I pay for it and I just throw them away. 
Because either way, you got to pay for it. Right. You opened but, it. But you got to know how many more bags you buy. I opened in the store. <laughs> okay. You tell me if these, if who was in the wrong here, the situation I just contended with. I went and saw a movie in an old theater and a pigeon attacked people for the entire film. It was inside the theater. It was... Obviously, the people The people are wrong for being in oh, his house. I was worried for this pigeon. He was dive bombing everyone. I was like, he's scared. He touched me. He landed on other people. One woman was so scared of birds, she like passed out, threw up, left the theater. Um, but I felt like the ushers didn't want to interrupt the film, so they were just kind of letting it happen. And I got up at one point and went and I opened the doors to like the lobby to be like, I want to give the pigeon a way out. And he didn't come that way. So I went and sat back in my seat. But I was like, why is everyone acting like this is okay? The doors are closed. The ushers aren't in here. But also they didn't want to come in during the film and stop the proceedings, I guess. Because what do you do? A pigeon can fly? It was very stressful. I was worried for this pigeon. Were you or were you worried for a movie-going experience? I was really worried for the pigeon. I was very stressed about because he kept dive-bombing people and one girl smacked him because he hit her in the head. And, okay. you know, she had a reflex, but I was like, is he okay? Uh, they absolutely should have stopped the movie. This but is what insane. could they do? This- if they stopped them, what do they do? He's up, he flies up You're the- in Georgia. Use one of your <laughs> open carry guns and no. just shoot it down. No. Get to the uh, let's get to the good stuff. <laughs> Some, I thought yours was gonna be super cut and dry. You're feeling bad for the pigeon. Meanwhile, people paid upwards of several dollars for this to see a movie in a barn. <laughs> I'm only worried for the pigeon. I will not stop thinking about him and I want to call tomorrow, but I know they'll just say he got out, he's fine, so I'm not gonna bother. Hey, Eliza, Emily, and the rest of the AIA crew. I'm a 26-year-old female working on my PhD in engineering, so I fit right into your demographics. I want to get your unbiased opinion on a predicament I've been having. My 27-year-old boyfriend of many years and I have very different ways of recovering after an argument. We've always been this way, but it's become more pronounced after he moved out of state with me for grad school. What it boils down to is that I experience strong feelings quickly while he experiences very small feelings over long periods of time. So when we fight, I burn bright for one night and then recover while he gets thrown off his rhythm for up to a full week. This has become a problem because when he is, quote, thrown off, he will barely talk to me. And after a few days, this begins to feel like a punishment. I want to give him his space so he can process, but it's hard for me because my family used to punish me by ignoring me, which I've told him numerous times over the years. Is it wrong for me to want him to process faster? I would be happy to let him be for a few days, but a full week just feels like too much to me. Thank you for your time and your hilarious, insightful advice. I have tickets to see you this September and I'm so excited. You know, it's tough because I don't know if it's a male-female thing, but some people just process things emotionally quicker. Noah and I talk about this. Like, I'm very like, okay, we're done. Move on. And Noah always says, the good thing about you, Eliza, is that he's like, when I mess up, you want to move on quickly. And he's like, but the bad thing is when you mess up, you want to move on quickly. (laughs) Like, I'm like, let's just, I don't care. I don't want to fucking argue. Like, I don't want to do this. Not that we argue, but I'm just like, I don't even want to get into it. I don't want to be this like hacky couple. Right. What's difficult is like you get into an argument and you're like, are we good? And then he's probably like, yeah. And then it takes him a while to process it. So I think all you can really ask for is that you can't change how he processes stuff, but you ask that like when he's feeling something that you are able to talk about it because you don't want to feel punished. And it's okay if a week later he's like, you know, it's really been on my mind and that really did bother me. I think you just have to have patience with each other. 
And hopefully the longer you date, like the, the more you can shorten that time, you can maybe process things, give it a little bit more leeway and he can uh, shorten the amount of time that he grieves over an issue. It's also, I feel like it's tough to ask someone to do that. Now, I'm assuming he's not just fully giving her the silent treatment and being, you know, immature. Let's say that it's just, he's still thinking about it a few days later. I mean, why should he have to change? That's how you were punished. Okay, that is something you need to deal with for you. And he should try, but... Yeah, but like, he also just might get quiet. Like, I think what it's about is knowing that the other person isn't trying to hurt the other person. And Mm -hmm. once you, I guess, fully get that and get past all of your like junk from growing up, when you realize he's not doing it to hurt you, it's just who he is. I think you can it won't hurt as much. Right. Yeah. Because maybe he'll be sense. like, could you not burn so bright right during the argument? <laughs> Can you take yeah, a Yeah, like days? maybe that's not the most fun. Or could you take a beat? Take right. a minute. Right. So maybe ask him like, is there a way you'd like me to handle this that I could like work on? Because it's, I know that it's like touted as a virtue, particularly in country music. Like, oh, she's a spark plug. She's a hellfire. But it's like, it is like a yippee chihuahua. It's always the girl that's like, and so just, just take it easy. (laughs) Hope that answers it. Hope I fully understood. I do. I do understand that because yeah, like you are, you burn bright real quick and then you get over it. And when I would like screw something up at work and you'd be like, Hey, that's not whatever. And then I'd sit there like, Oh no, I screwed up. It's over for me. The next day I'm still like, Oh no. And you have fully forgotten it, moved on, don't care anymore. And I'm still like, Oh no. I mean, that's... You just interact differently. So he's just coming at her. She's moved on. And he's like, hold on a second. Wait. Yeah. And you know, you don't know. You you could sit there and unpack like what it is about. Like, did he have to grow up like super thoughtful? But it sounds like you both have to do a little bit of altering of the way that you receive feedback and criticism. So that would be it. But once you come from a place of like, neither of us are angry at the other, I think that helps. I'm always trying to remember that Noah's not mad at me when he's like frustrated about his back or something. I'm like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, oh, he's just in his own personal hell. <laughs> right. And I'm, he and so I'm much going perfect. On. So much that has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Okay. Hello, Eliza, Emily, Tianfu, and everyone else. I'd like to be anonymous. Okay. Eliza, how do I respectfully tell my friend to stop asking me when my husband and I are having kids? I've been close friends with her for years, went to high school and college together, but we live in different states now. For context, I'm 27, female, and my husband is 31. We've been married for two years, been together for four. When I was younger, I always thought at 27, 28, I'd, quote, be ready to start trying to have a baby. Now that I've reached that age, I don't feel quite ready yet. We still want to travel places, save up more money. My husband and I do want to have kids, and I do want my own little baby tree frog to dress up. My husband and I have talked about it, and we want to start trying when I'm 30 or so. We'll be closer to family and not an eight to nine hour flight away at that point. She and her husband want a baby soon, so I thought she was projecting onto me. She's worried about infertility, and she hasn't done any testing on her eggs, hormones, etc. One of her close friends, they live in the same city, recently got pregnant and is due in August. And I thought, oh, nice. Now she's going to stop asking me when I'm going to get pregnant. She hasn't. How do I tell her to stop asking me so often? I don't want to offend her because I know friends do talk about this stuff. And I truly don't mind if someone asks me, but every month seems kind of excessive. (laughs) Makes me feel like I'm supposed to be at that point in my life where a child is the next step in the plan. 
In the past, I've never been super direct with any issues we've had, and we rarely have big disagreements. I guess I would describe myself as, quote, meek in relation to her, LOL. Hopefully that's enough context. Thanks for the podcast, the specials, all the advice you give. I was at your show in San Antonio with my mom where you announced your pregnancy, and it was so fun. Can't wait to see your show this month. I was thinking about that today and how special that was, and we had the... The lights glow up pink. That was a real special night. Um, you know, I'm going to give you this advice that like I honestly can't say that I follow myself. And I remember when we were trying to get pregnant, I had a friend who like more than once just kind of spinning her own wheels was like, you're going to get pregnant. I know it just about to happen. And like Ugh. she just kind of... And this is a very close friend of mine. And I kind of just took it because... Sometimes there are, I don't know if this is your friend, but there are some people who are just very difficult to give feedback to. I don't think that's, when people write into the show, like I don't think that's the bulk of people, but every once in a while there's someone in your life that like, you know, you cannot give them constructive criticism. Like they will implode because of their own insecurity. So there's that. Um, But it really bothered me because I was trying and I didn't want to fucking talk about it, but that was her being supportive and excited. So I'm just saying like, I'm going to tell you this, but I, at the time I kind of said nothing. Um, You can say to her, we're not going to start trying until I'm 30. She is projecting on you. And then you can follow it up with, be like, but I feel like I tell you this every month. Like, I feel like you ask me about this a lot. And then she'll be like, no, I don't. She'll just be like, and she'll be like, no, I don't. And you'd be like, okay, well... I'm just letting you know the plan because like, I don't love talking about it. Just say that. I mean, we always forget as women, like your friends are supposed to be supportive. And the idea is that you say that she's like, got it. You know, not like, oh, got it. You're sensitive about it. But even if she says that, you can be like, I am. I don't love talking about it. So don't ask me. You have to be okay with drawing that boundary. I talk about it in my standup. It's not about being cold or a bitch, but it is about deciding that like, you really don't want her to ask you this anymore. However, I would dig a little deeper and I'd wonder, I'd ask yourself why it's bothering you. Is it bothering you because you are resigned? You know, it, if you know you're going to do it at 30 or is it bothering you because you're kind of not sure and you're like, I don't know, should I start? I'm not sure. So maybe that's worth a conversation. You don't necessarily have to have it with her, but once you are clear in your answers and you are steadfast and you know the direction you're going, then it's easier to tell people how you'd like to be treated. But any good friend, if you just say like, I don't want to talk about it, would respect that. Why every month? I just don't understand this, this like, oh, what's going on? Are you guys, are you guys having sex? What's going on with you every month? Like, what, do you want to come over? Like, what is this? Why is this person asking? Here's what you say. Monthly. Okay. Hey, like you, she asked right now and you just be like, I feel like you ask me about this every month. And I think I keep giving you the same answer. And I and that's it. I, just, I feel like I, get, I give you the same answer and that's still my answer. Right. I don't really want to talk about this. And then she should be like, great. And if she's like, no, I was just wondering. And then turn it on her. Be like, are you doing okay? That's probably what she wants to talk about. But yeah, that's it. Are you trying to and steal my baby? It. Yeah, say that. Accuser of that. That would be a good Lifetime movie. That's probably already is one. I was going to say, that's probably... The bulk of their catalog. It is. They stole my baby on a bake sale Christmas at Cedar Creek. Tubi did send me an email the other day like, we have some new movies you would like. And it's like, a wife's affair, a nanny's meddling, a picnic for grandma. And I'm like, oh, yeah. 
shot all of these for nothing. We hope you watch them while these actors lose their homes. Oh, everyone no. on strike. Uh, come watch all of our garbage backlog content. <laughs> That's all we got now. What we got, baby. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Hi, Eliza and Emily. 
I feel the need to say the obligatory longtime listener first-time question asker. I'm feeling quite conflicted and think you might have some great advice considering you are the queen of friend breakups. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're, you're the oh queen man, of what a shitty advice about it, not longer. breaking up with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I keep so many people that bother me in my life, but go on. <laughs> I am a 23-year-old female, recently graduated from university and in the midst of trying to figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life. It's not going well, LOL. <laughs> I decided... <laughs> Things aren't great. <laughs> Things are not great. I decided I want to go traveling for a bit while in this limbo. I reached out to my childhood best friend to see if she would be interested in traveling with me. Oh, boy. And showed her the trip I was interested in and when I wanted to go. She expressed that she had prior commitments and wasn't interested in going for as long as I wanted to. Because of this, I then asked my sister if she would be interested, and she said yes, so we booked it. I then informed my friend that my sister and I would be doing the trip, and that's where everything went south. She told me it was extremely inconsiderate of me to go behind her back and book the trip without her. In my mind, there was no way this trip was going to work for her, so this confused me. She said I robbed her of the opportunity to travel and that she really wanted to do this particular trip. She refused to talk to me about it over the phone, but continued to send texts saying that I've developed a pattern of being inconsiderate and changing plans last minute, which screws people over. News to me, and that I don't value our friendship, but that this would take her a long time to get over. About a month later, we met for coffee, and I thought we cleared things up and that she had forgiven me, but then she stopped responding to my texts. When I got home from my trip, which was amazing, I found out that she had unfollowed me on Instagram. I would have totally understood if she muted my profile if she didn't want to see updates of my trip, but unfollowing me seems to be pretty extreme in my opinion. I've not heard from her since and have not reached out. I'm very sad about losing this friendship as we've been best friends since we were little and find that I think about this quite often as I'm scared that I might regret not trying to fight for this friendship later in life. But at this point, it kind of seems like she doesn't want me in her life and I'm not looking to beg for someone's friendship, especially when I don't feel that I am the terrible person she made me out to be. So my question is... Do I try to salvage this friendship or do I just let it go? Also, am I really a terrible friend? Thank you, guys. You might be. Hi. You might be. Because I feel like very easily this girl could be writing in. She's like, my friend, she could be saying like, my friend invited me on a trip. It's weird because she, it isn't like she was like, she said no and then was like, wait, I wanted to go. Like from what you're telling us, she was not able to go. and maybe. It wasn't that clear. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's a pretty volatile reaction. Maybe it was like, I do want to go. I can't go for that long. Like maybe she thought it was open-ended, but this one's tough because for her to charge you with like not a lifetime, but years of breaking plans at the last minute, you might want to hear her out. Unless this is out of left field. I'm just saying like, that's a weird thing to charge you with that seems like she has some kind of receipts. And so if you do want to fight for this, you should call her up and be like, you have said that I break plans last minute. I really want to know. I really, it's not about examples, but I'd love to know what you're talking about. And if she can't provide them, then it's, it's on her and whatever. But she might be like, yeah, you you have a habit of presenting stuff and then quickly pulling it away. Or she's annoying. You asked her, she said, no, you moved on. Like, if you are telling us the truth and you are not in a habit of it, it's annoying that she has decided she's this hurt and you truly were like, I asked you first, you said no. I don't know why you're mad at me. A, a, 
if these two people, if you really are best friends, you've been friends for years, a very bizarre miscommunication took place here because on, on its face, just looking at the question, the information you've been presented, our question asker said, hey, I want to do this trip, this place, these days. That's what I'm doing. And the other person said, I can't, I can't make that work. Um, and so they took that trip that they wanted to do and did it with their sister. Something's wrong. So, something, something's off though. Something's off. Either your friend is completely insane yeah. or you can communicated this differently. But I'm not buying that it was that because I don't think you'd be friends with someone that's this fucking insane. Right. I wonder if so, it was like a more casual, like, hey, I want to go to this place. I want to go all these days. And she was, well, I can't go all those days. And you, like, what did you reply to that? Did you say, okay, never mind, I'm going? Or were you like, yeah. oh, let's talk about it more? Well, and then yes, you yes, went. Yes, yes, That's what I'm saying. So sit down and be like, can we please talk this out? Because I want to find out where the miscommunication was. And in this discussion, she either won't be able to come up with examples or she'll just reiterate the same thing. And you'll say, but I invited you. You said you couldn't. I said, I'm asking my sister. You said, okay. Mm-hmm. She may not want to come to, you know, and, and by the way, what's even weirder is that you were like, okay, you squashed it or so you thought, and then she unfriended you and she stopped speaking to you. Oh. So I think if you do think this is worth fighting for, because sometimes these tiny miscommunications, these teeny tiny tears become massive rifts uh, in relationships. And the more you reflect on it, the more you go over the monologue of the things you should said, and the more you vilify the other person. First of all, seeing each other in person is huge because you can't turn that person into a monster. But be like, I love you and I miss you. And from the bottom of my heart, I really want to know where this went wrong. If she doesn't even, like, if she doesn't even want to do that, this is not a friendship worth holding on to. And that's unfortunate and you're better off without her. But it is worth fighting for because this seems like it ended for no reason. Right. She was okay with Or you're the problem. Well. Or you're the problem. Or she then saw your pictures and was like, actually, I'm not okay. I really wanted to go to X place and I'm so jealous and I'm so sad because I'm not going there. It's like, well, go. Book your own trip. And then it was just easy to kind of not talk to you. But that's why it's important to talk in person. Right. Yeah. That's my advice. That's my advice. Greetings, Eliza and Emily. I'm a 30-year-old male who's been a big fan of yours for years. To make a yes. long story, still pretty long. I've been struggling with depression and other issues ever since I was 17. Later found out I was on the spectrum when I was 18. I feel like that's important. To basically skip the juicy drama details here, I was married at 25 and divorced by 28. I recognized my issues with that relationship. I was completely codependent. My ex enabled it. She's very controlling and made it seem like it was a burden taking care of me and why she had to start going to therapy. She clearly needed to go with or without me. <laughs> I had communication issues with her admittedly, but it's because I was unconsciously intimidated by her and shut down completely since I had a history of abuse in childhood and other relationships. She was the one that divorced me and said she wanted to go back to Brazil and how this wasn't working just randomly one day. She was from there and came here at 21. Anyway, flash forward to now. I'm 13 months into a new relationship with a 33-year-old female nurse. She's like me, where we both had dependent personalities and haven't really had the chance to be independent. She had always lived with her parents or mother. When we decided to move in together in June, I had talked to her mother and she even warned me about making sure she doesn't get too dependent. I knew it was going to be a new experience for me too, but I was able to be surprisingly successful at keeping things organized and getting things done. I felt like I was doing all the work though, while she just was laying on the couch playing video games. And I get that. It's fine. I'm a huge gamer too. I had a heart-to-heart with her saying how much I really wanted this to work out, and she does too, but in order for that to happen, I need us both to contribute. 
She agreed and said it's just that she's always tired after work and we are just productive at different times. She started picking things up a little after that, but still lags sometimes. She told me she has to be told to do stuff if I want or need something done. She also told me recently that she only recently stopped crying over her ex at night. I had no idea this was happening. She never told me about it before and it completely threw me off. We've been going out for over a year. She said, it's not anything to worry about. It's just depression. And I get that. But the day after we had that conversation, she was crying over her ex again. I just really want this relationship to work. I'm 30. I want to have a family and start having a life. I've already been divorced once. I don't want to start over again. We both really love each other and want this to work. But I do know there's a scenario where this might not work out. I want to know how I can avoid that. Communication-wise, we get along very well, and we are both very understanding of our feelings. We just got an apartment together and got a beach poo. It's spelled bitch poo minus poo. a two. T. They got, you got a bitch poo. They got a beach poo. It's a, a bichon and a poodle. A beach poo. You don't know that because you're in the cat world. It's a beach poo. A poo puppy, and there are some pictures. Just so you have a face to this all. Uh, oh, them and the puppy. Sorry for the long question. I feel like details weren't necessary. And yes, I do see a therapist and psychiatrist I have for 12 years. I was not going to tell you to do that. That's great that you do that. But that, and I they sent a picture. Like, They're a cute couple. I wasn't going to be like, you're a sensitive man. You need to see a psychiatrist. Um, You know, look, it's okay to move into a new relationship if you aren't totally healed from another relationship. It's okay. I don't have depression, so I really don't know what that feels like or how that manifests itself in terms of uh, old relationships, stuff like that. But I do think there is a little bit, and you said it in your question, you're like, I've already been divorced once. I want to get my life going. I want to have kids. So you are putting that on this girl who may not, who might be good for you, but may not be perfect for you. And plenty of people get married and love each other and lead very long lives together and they're not perfect for each other. But I wonder if you are, if you were 25 and you'd never been divorced and you met this girl, would you be okay with all of this? Or are you kind of overlooking it and unable to see the forest for the trees because you want to be with her? Now, she also said you're productive at different times. That doesn't make sense because if you're productive at different times, the stuff would have already been picked up because right. she was productive earlier. Or later. Yeah. It sounds a little bit... And, and the thing about like a red flag about I become too dependent, like that's not good. That's not good. If anything, you want a girl that's super independent because you're prone to being dependent. And so it does sound like you're taking care of her and you've done so much therapy and you're so sweet um, that you're kind of just taking what you've been dealt when... She doesn't, it's not about her being a bitch, but it's about her just, she may like physically, chemically not be able to give you exactly what you're asking for. And you're going to meet someone else who may not tick all the boxes, but ticks the boxes that are big enough. And so I just would take another look at that because you don't want to nag her. And that's kind of a thing you hear from guys normally, like I need to be asked to do it. It's a little inconsiderate and it's lazy and it's not respecting you. I, I know you want to stay in this relationship and you want me to be like here, but that's my honest opinion as your older sister. 
Well, that's the tough thing is that this question was asked as, tell me how to stay in this relationship. That is, you want it so badly to stay in this relationship. And it just isn't like, it's so great that the question asker is getting independent, is organizing the house, is getting things going. And if your partner can't get on your level, like you don't, you're not trapped. You need you're to not, stay in that Especially one. as a man, you're worried about starting a family at 30. You're fine. You'll be fine. You have time. Joe, don't worry about it. it. Who just, who's the actor? Like Al Pacino just had a kid at like 81. And so you're did fine. De Niro, didn't he? Like they all I'm just, did. are you, are you Italian, sir? Listen, it's very cute, but I'm going to tell you this and feminists everywhere will go fucking nuts. As a, a cute guy, Emily said you were cute. As a, But even as an ugly guy, who wants a family, like world is your oyster. So you can take your pick. So please don't think that you're limited to just this girl. And a great way to see if this is the girl for you would be to take a break and date around. And if you can't stop thinking about her, great. I'm not telling you to necessarily do that, but I'm saying it sounds like you just want to make this work and you will just, it will be your fault. If you marry her, it'll be like, look, you know what you married. Well, and they just Crying moved about in her together. Ex for a, yeah, because you made it easy. And they got the bishi poo. Yeah, because you're doing, it's fun to do. It's fun to move in. It's fun to get a hypoallergenic mixed <laughs> expensive dog. It's fun to do these things, but real relationships are the parts that you're talking about. The domestic things, the parts about self-worth, the parts about feeling valued. That's what a real relationship is, not buying stuff at Ikea together and like doing meal prep. So... I don't know. If you want to stay in this relationship, it sounds like she's going to have to meet you in the middle. By the way, you've made this easy. You're understanding. You're okay. You're the one that's like, I get depression. I get you're always being understanding. You guys moved in. You take care of everything. You do picking up. Of course, she's like, okay, I'll try. She doesn't want to lose her meal ticket. I'm not saying she's malicious. I'm just saying like, you're making it very easy for her to stay. Right. Yeah. So she may be taking advantage inadvertently. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. We have a follow-up from our man who was ghosted by a woman. Red Hot Update. Now, to recap. Yes. Was on, went on five great dates with a woman, wine bars, cooked dinner, dinner at her place. Dates were great, we, deep in a We asked if they had sex. Yes. yes. We asked if they had sex. We didn't know. Okay, go on. Yes. So, and then she stopped responding. He texted a couple times. Okay. Hi, AI gang. Thanks for answering my question. To answer some of the questions Eliza had, we had not yet had sex. I am trying to get away from that on the first few dates and actually see if I like the person. I ended up doing what Eliza's recommendation was and sent her a text asking what she was thinking. So he sent through the text and he said, the first text was followed to one like 30 minutes earlier. She'd gotten sick. And he says, hi, just got off work and I'm embarrassed I forgot to ask. How are you doing? Do you need anything? Okay, that was one day. Then. And then she never responded. No response. So five so she days says, later. I have, hold on. She says, I feel sick. They, they don't talk for a little bit. And he's like, hey, how are you doing? She, and she, says, doesn't write, but she, she feels right? sick. He says something we don't see. I can just see there's another text before it. And then he texts again, like, just got for, oh, double text. Because he's like, oh, I forgot to ask. How are you? He he had texted her about whatever. Then was like, Ooh. oh, wait, also, how are you? So then five days later, hey, haven't heard from you in a bit. Did you take your exam today? Okay. So then. <laughs> she says nothing. Right. So the third was is now the text that he has sent since listening to your advice. He says, I felt it's respectful, but feel free to lampoon it as an example. If not, LOL, in case you're running, haven't heard since. So. Okay, what's here's the Here's what. Oh, boy. Okay. Hey, blank. Hope you've been well. I felt like we had a really good connection, but I have to be honest. I'm not sure what to think right now, not having heard from you in a while. If you're still interested in getting to know each other, I'd love to take you to dinner this weekend to celebrate your birthday no, and take we your did exam. not tell you to say this. If we not, did not tell you to say that part. Oh, my God. If not, Go back and listen to the pod. Oh my God. Okay. If not, I don't want to be, quote, that guy that continues to text someone when they aren't into it. I appreciate knowing what's on your mind. No. I mean, here's the problem. You I did put know. yourself in the position of wanting a response when it should have been a text that left it yes. not Which is so open-ended. I might have okay, said so. more towards this, but you definitely corrected me and said no. So. Yeah. You, if you go back and listen to the original text, the source material, the Bible, we didn't say that. And also you left like you're like hey you've been ignoring me and treating me like shit but i'd love to take you to dinner, <laughs> dinner Ew. Right. no woman is going to respond to that uh there is a chance that she's dead like she was so <laughs> sick and you checked in too late i'm also <laughs> wondering I, I i don't think this is it but i wonder if like you she was like i'm sick and then you didn't ask her or was if it was I mean, is it like that? Or is she like, I've just been diagnosed with cancer. And you're like, anyways, what? oh, I forgot to ask. How are you feeling? When he followed up, it was 30 minutes. He said whatever. And then 30 minutes later, within 30 minutes of his first text, he said, hey, by the way, oh, so embarrassed I didn't ask you. How are you? So it wasn't like days later. It was within 30 minutes. So 
you know, I don't think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Or she's crazy. However, crazy usually can't stay away from drama. So she probably would have found something. I will say a piece of the puzzle. He might have not have noticed. I don't know if men notice this as much, but the texts are all blue. Um, So they were delivered. The phone's not off. She hasn't been blocked. She's not like, yeah, if she was dead, the phone would probably be off. Why? It just (sighs) fell out of her pocket in the ravine. Right. So it would run out of battery eventually. It's been like a week now. Can you look her up online and make sure she's not dead? Don't, don't just drop it. I mean. Yeah. Unfortunately, (laughs) you're going to have to file this under you're never going to know. Yeah. It is. So basically you're saying you were talking, talking, talking. She said, I don't feel well. 30 minutes later, you're like, oh, by the way, how are you feeling? And then that was it. Yeah, never heard again. After dates where they went to each other's houses, he cooked dinner, been to her home. She let him into her home. So I think the only reasonable explanation is she got back together with Nex. Uh, I There's that. But I think if you were this close with someone, you'd have been like, hey, I mean, she may have been embarrassed. I, I think something was said, whether on one of those intimate dates, maybe the night, hear me out on this, the night before, perhaps you reveal something or you say something that gave her the ick factor or was a deal breaker. And then the next day you're texting a little and she just like, when you didn't write back, like she just peace out. It's wrong to do that to someone. I don't know. I mean, unless you're like, I like to freeze heads <laughs> of like ex's pets, but like how she handled it was wrong. But I don't know. I'd have to read those texts. I'd have to know the content of those conversations. But for your own peace of mind, just file this under this girl, you dodged a bullet because what if you started sleeping together and you really liked her and this girl did that? So maybe she has an STD and she didn't want to tell you. Sometimes we just, in the dating world, you take a couple of L's. They come in all shapes and sizes and forms. And sometimes it's just, it's over and you'll never quite know why. Right. But this was great practice. Like when you go on a terrible job interview for a job you don't really want, but you're like, well, I'm practicing my interviewing skills. Like you had a nice time. You had good conversations. You cooked dinner. Just do the exact same things next time, except whatever you did on the very last date. Yeah. Don't do that again. (laughs) Don't groundhog day it. But you know, you, uh, you really did a good job not having sex. So keep it up. Right. (laughs) She was just so pissed that he wouldn't have sex with her. Oh, maybe it's that. Maybe you're super hot. And she's like, when am I going to get that? That thick hog. Oh, no. You're like, you got to wait. Why is it? Like, feel- I can't wait. <laughs> it feels so disrespectful for you to say that about a listener. I don't know why. As it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, well, please don't say this. Even though I guess it's it's like complimentary, but I was like, oh, that's a listener. <laughs> yeah, she could have been super horned up. And you were just like, can't give it to you. Can't give you this magic stick. So <laughs> after... Okay. Hi, Eliza and Emily. My husband and I, both 28, male and female respectively, are expecting our first child and my parents' first grandchild at the end of August. Throughout my life, my parents have used guilt and pressure on me to get their way, and I usually have given in because I'm naturally a people pleaser who will often sacrifice my own happiness for the happiness of those around me. So having a child is presenting an entirely new but similar set of challenges, and I'm currently working on setting more boundaries with my parents hoping this will foster a healthier relationship that allows me and my husband to make our own independent decisions on what we believe is best for our child. One of the first big decisions we have as parents is choosing a name for our daughter. 
We spent a lot of time figuring out a name that is both Israeli and easily pronounced in English as my husband is Israeli and I am Jewish American. We also chose a name that had deep meaning to us in our journey to our rainbow baby. I told my mom we had chosen a name and she asked if we would be following the Jewish tradition of naming our baby after a deceased relative. I told her no because we believe in honoring and memorializing our relatives in other ways through other traditions, storytelling, etc. A few days later, I received a lengthy email from my parents. Oh boy. Starting off, <laughs> starting off with my dad saying he needed to write an email versus talking in person because he couldn't get through it without crying. Stating how flummoxed, hurt, and disappointed they were with our decision because as they stated, it is important to your children to know and understand their history as descendants of European Jews who survived the Holocaust. The letter went on to explain how each of my deceased grandparents loved me so much and they deserve to be remembered with this Jewish naming tradition. They went as far as to give us examples of names we could choose based on each of my grandparents' names. I wrote them back saying I was hurt that in our first big decision as parents, they chose to put this burden of guilt on me to try and influence our decision and that I felt they were not respecting our choices. I assured them, my husband and I feel strongly that our kids should feel connected to their Jewish identity and are looking forward to making it a significant part of their lives, even if that looks a little different than the tradition of generations past. They responded saying they weren't trying to influence our decision, that they were only sharing their opinion. They weren't trying to influence it. They were trying to determine it wholly. Right. They didn't want just a little influence. Yeah. If they weren't trying to change my mind about the name of our baby, what is the point of sending me that email at all? Why give me examples of names to use? This makes me feel like them saying this is just an opinion, not meant to change our decision, is a flat-out lie to excuse their behavior. So, my question is, how do I move forward? Do I accept the fact that they aren't going to change and don't see the guilt they try to use against me and I need to just get better at not letting it affect me? Or do I try to tell them how to change how they communicate in the future, i.e., I don't want their opinion unless I ask for it. This whole situation has really made me feel terrible, and I want to have good communication and a healthy relationship with my parents who I love, but the current situation has really got me down. I want the freedom to make independent decisions for my daughter without feeling like I need to just do what my parents want to make them happy, but still get their advice, help, and support when I seek it out. Thank you for your advice. Love, Alana. (laughs) I like how you're like, I don't want their opinion unless I ask for it. Well, good luck with that one, Alana, because you have Jewish parents. That is never going to happen. And like you said, what you have to get better at is just letting the guilt kind of roll off your back, okay? Because as frustrated as we get with our parents, for the most part, now we have plenty of people that write in about their parents being narcissists and total operators and abusive. And I don't think that's the case here. It does come from a place of love. It's not that it feels good. It's not that you have to be okay with it. But knowing that they really are trying to do something that they think is right, I think takes a sting out of it a little. I understand how they feel given that all those people are survivors and the Jewish tradition is, you know, you take a letter, name it after someone, but it is your choice. Um, And you, whether they realize this or you realize this or not, there are going to be plenty of things that they influence. I think it's worth saying, like, you raised me so beautifully and I am the woman I am because of you. And there will be so many choices that I make because of the values you instilled in me. But I need us to be at a place where I need you to, I need to hear that it's okay. Like this isn't a deal breaker. If we name the baby Shoshana or Batsheva or whatever Jewish name you want to come up with. I also wonder, is there like an olive branch of like, how about the middle name is the first initial of one of the grandparents? 
Because nobody, <laughs> people make a big deal about middle names when the kid's born and then nobody actually cares. See, here's the thing though, is I, uh, not being Jewish, you know, take with a grain you of salt. Are. You you, 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 you. <laughs> not being, not knowing anything about this. I just feel like, okay, so you name them, your parents are saying, we're going to cry if we talk to you about this in person. You are not memorializing all four grandparents. Okay, so if you name it after one, the other three are what chopped liver, they get nothing. It's like, it's already like a think, losing proposition, it feels like. And then what about his parents? It sounds like he's Jewish. What about his grandparents? They just fuck them and fuck what the, his parents think. And it's just her parents get to choose the kid's name. That rubs me the wrong way. I, I think it's charged because if I'm reading this right, they are Holocaust survivors. And because right. there's literally like 15 Jews in the entire world, I mean, tradition is like the big song and fiddler on the roof. And while tradition is important to every culture, this is in particular a culture that has been almost eradicated from the planet and has only survived because of this passing on of traditions. And so you simply say like, we have the name that we like. By the way, your parents will get on board. The kid's going to be born. They're going to call it its mm -hmm. name. It'll be fine. And you just reassure them, like, this is not the only way to appreciate your Jewish culture and learn their history. And exactly like you said, like, okay, so if we don't name this baby after the two grandfathers, does that mean she can't learn about them? They're afraid of you losing it. And you can just say, do you have no faith in the way that you raised me? That I won't do raise my child with perspective and history? Right. It sounds like they very much are planning to embrace certain tradition or or carry through what's important, like the grandparents' story. You know, she even mentioned storytelling as like a tradition she wants to carry on. So it does, it just sounds like a kind of clash of old and new, but that they are going to, they're not be like, you know what? We're not Jewish no more. Tell you what, get that Hebrew name when you do that Hebrew baby naming, which I still need to do, I guess, uh, <laughs> and name it after one of the grandparents. There you go. Now it's recorded somewhere and you never have to use it. No one's sending you any 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 guilt emails clearly to get you get going on that. I don't have a rabbi in LA. I don't have a synagogue. I I just I'm a I'm a man without a country. I'm just being Jewish on my own. Very lonely. <laughs> Please do not DM me and be like, we'd love you to come to our like three person synagogue <laughs> on the west side for Russia Shana. Like, I'm good. Thank you though. <laughs> I will go when my daughter needs to start going to Sunday school and not a moment before. Thank you. Is it it's Sunday school called Sunday school for both? Yes, Emily. <laughs> we anglicized it. We Christianified it to fit in. Because <laughs> you know smart. why? Because you don't want to call it shul. Because mm -hmm. everything in Judaism like has like a not cool sound. That's why. It is all very... Um, the sounds Semitic. are very guttural. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not sexy. Except in disobedience. That's actually language, but then again, there is... Oh my God, that's so inappropriate. <laughs> You're like, my favorite Jewish tradition is when Rachel McAdams spits in Rachel Weiss's mouth. Doesn't that happen at every high holiday service, Rabbi? <laughs> All right. I believe it's vice versa. <laughs> but I did learn a lot about Orthodox Judaism from that movie. It's very right. interesting. Yeah, if we could just teach each other cultures through soft porn, we would all be so much more tolerant. Imagine if like showgirls just had like just a little bit about Judaism in it. Just just a little bit. I mean, who do you think's producing the show? <laughs> I mean, Kyle McLaughlin definitely changed his name for show business in that one. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay.
Hi, Eliza, Emily, and the gang. I, 39 female, have an ex, 40 male, whom I share a daughter, 12, with. We were together for almost 10 years and have been broken up for over four years now. He is your typical narcissist and has been completely shitty to me at times and even to our daughter since the breakup. He has another daughter from a previous relationship that doesn't even talk to him anymore, but I still keep in contact with her. He will go through cycles of being nice, then an asshole, then back to nice. I've been completely over that for a while now, and he will still ask, why can't we be friends? I've set my boundaries, and I will not change them because he is nice for a few days. Most recently, my daughter told me that her dad drives by the house to check up and see if I have people over. He drove by two times over the weekend when she was with him, saying it was on the way home. I live in a neighborhood not on a main road, so it will never be, quote, on the way. She thought it was kind of weird. I sent him a message about this, how it was inappropriate, especially with our daughter in the car, and that it was stalkerish behavior, and this was his response. I'm not saying anything. The only time you reach out is to complain about something. No matter what I say or do, it's wrong, period. Label me whatever you want. Same old, same old. No. I don't think, yeah, she's like, hey, that's really stalker. She's like, yeah, so I'm a stalker. (laughs) I don't think I will ever be able to get through to him. I wish he could get a girlfriend to move on. But even then, I still think he will have the same type of behavior. Any advice on what I can do or say in this situation? Also, I do have a camera that picks up movement, but I don't always see every car when they drive by. It's mostly by the driveway and door area. Sarah. I mean, do you fear... Do you feel, do you fear for your physical safety? Because I don't get the sense of that. I think you're just annoyed by it. Unfortunately, it's not illegal for him to drive by. And it's also not illegal for you to have as many men over as you'd like. So I don't think, obviously this guy is very hurt that it didn't work out. And he is a narcissist and he's bored. And it's that guy thing where like, I'm going to keep on bugging you. You have to keep your boundaries because people like this change on a whim, always think they're right. There's nothing you could do no matter how nice you are because you will always be the bitch. So all you can do is give it as little oxygen as possible. Know your rights. Just in terms of like what, you know, you're allowed to do, what you're allowed to threaten him with. I don't know if you have full custody. Uh, What would be cool is if you could threaten him with that and if you could get it. Like right, you're the one he, with the job and he's he has the kid when he's driving by the house. So on his custody time, he's driving by seeing what she's doing without a kid at home. Yeah. Um it's tough because you're gonna have to present to your daughter, like, no, daddy, daddy loves you. Like you don't wanna paint him to be an asshole because of course he'll catch wind of that. This is just sometimes the byproduct of being divorced. This guy sounds like a real piece of trash. And he might get a girlfriend, it might make your life even harder. Like she might just be a double bitch. So less oxygen, more texts like, yep, okay, we are friends. Don't know what you're talking about. Don't know what you're talking about. Don't know why you're getting mad. And, you know, recording things. I I don't know how you're going to do that, but like he doesn't, you're not telling me that he's like violent, but if he is that person that like might snap, you know, having a ring doorbell. So that she has a camera that's that sometimes catches cars, sometimes doesn't. So whenever your daughter says he's been driving by the house, go see if you caught it on camera, pull it down, save it in a folder, save it on a flash drive, have it. Have it available so that you can establish a pattern of behavior if things escalate. Yeah, and you could always go to a judge and be like, I'm seeking, I don't know what your arrangement is, I'm seeking full custody. Here is all of the examples of this. Here are abusive text messages. Here's a time he yelled at her. I don't think she's in the right environment. And you can threaten him with that and be like, stay the, like, you better watch it. 
Otherwise, I'm going to do this. But you really want to try to give it and give him and people like him as little oxygen as possible. And every woman is good at doing this because every woman has had to deal with a fucking psycho man like on you at night, walking around at a club, at a bar where you just have to pretend that you don't see them and you don't hear them and you just hope they go away. Right. Don't give him any reason. Yep. uh Uh-huh. Sure. She'll be ready at five. Great. Thanks. Have a good night. Like you do not have to be nice, but you can be cordial. You can be civil. That's it. Don't fall into it. Don't explain yourself. And just, and if he's like, great, I'm the bad guy, be like, okay, sorry you feel that way. Good night. Yeah. Give it less and less. And eventually like the flame will die down. Right. Or he'll like get the band back together and move on. Hit the road. Hit the road. Like he'll go on the road. Hey, AIA crew. My husband and I are expecting our first baby this fall and two of our friends offered to throw a baby shower. I've been regularly chatting with both friends to give input and help make decisions. However, when one friend mentioned that she would handle ordering food, she asked if I wanted to take over the order or if she should pay up front and send me the receipt. Both friends have also asked about budget in the past, but neither has openly said who would pay for things. I am open to contributing for part of the cost as I understand these events could be expensive. However... Both friends have well-paying jobs and offered to throw the shower before I brought it up. Since money can be a touchy subject, especially between friends, how do I bring up how expenses will slash should be paid for? Also, what is the appropriate etiquette in these situations? Shouldn't the host be responsible for most, if not all, of the cost of a baby yeah. shower? I don't want to be guilted yeah. into paying several hundred dollars for a party, but the shower is a month away and invites are about to be sent out. Help. First of all, why are you getting two baby showers? Nobody no, does No, it that. sounds like these two people are, are two different friends offered. They're doing it together. It oh, like. okay. Okay. Uh, sit down with them and be like, I think we've gotten a little... First of all, yes, you're right. Hosts, if somebody offers to host it, unless they have a beautiful house and like you have a small apartment and they're like, you can have it here. But yeah. then when they should have offered is you can have it here. I think you need to sit down and just be like, hey, I feel like there was a miscommunication and I want to put this out there because I love you guys and I love that you offered this, but I can't afford $700 for food. So do and offer it. Be like, do we need to walk this back? Should we not throw it? See yeah. what they come up with. Cause they just say it like that. Put it on you. Cause they might be like, oh, we got it. Or we thought you'd just kick in for the balloons. Don't have balloons. They're really bad. Don't have balloons. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to be okay with them being like, oh, well, well, yeah, we thought you were going to pay for it. Which is weird, but maybe they were just providing the space. But you can just say, I, I just can't swing that much money and say, and I, so I understand like if we can't do it, it was so sweet of you right. guys to offer and then give them the chance to step back up. Right. Yeah. I think that that is, that is perfect also, to kind of be like, Ugh. why are two of them throwing it? Like we both want to order maybe double food. They're both friends with her and they're like, oh, we'll throw it. We'll take on, we'll tackle like one's going to order the food. One's going to order the Party favors. I mean, it, it could be that. They could be spending a lot on party favors or a bar card or a bounce out. You know, yeah, you yeah, want to almost... When they're like, no. where's the corporate cards for us to put these expenses on? It's like, yeah, hold on a second. But I, I yeah. think it's really brilliant of you, Eliza, to be like, hey, let's talk. About, I, I realized I can't afford something super expensive. So let's figure out how we can still... I can still make this happen as though you're going to pick it up. Yeah. And then they either exactly. say yes or no. Yes, that's right. Unless it was like, oh, well, we had the garden trimmed back and we rented the tiger. But the truth is it doesn't matter because all that matters at a baby shower is the food. Nobody wants to play these fucking games. Mm -mm. Nobody. It's the food. And so, you know, that's my answer. Yeah. 
I don't know why it takes two people to bill you for food. What's the point of that? Hi, Lies and crew. I'm a 34-year-old female married with two kids and just found out I have another on the way. I'm writing in because I'm not sure how I want to share this news with one of my friends. My friend Ashley and I have known each other for 15 years and we hang out often with my two boys and her son. Ashley's been trying for a second baby for almost two years now and it's been taking a toll on her emotionally. I'm not sure how to go about sharing that I'm pregnant with her. I'm sure she will say that she's happy for me, but I know deep down this might be an emotional moment for her. For my second baby, we were trying for over a year to get pregnant. And I remember the mix of emotions I would feel when someone I knew got pregnant and month after month, I still wasn't. We're having a small party at our house at the end of the month. And I was thinking I would tell all of my friends our news then, but would it maybe be better to tell Ashley one-on-one beforehand? Or is there some other way that might be better? Might be overthinking this, but I'm pregnant and emotional. Thank you. No, you're not overthinking it. And it is unfortunate. This is something that we as women have to consider. When you are trying to get pregnant, you, and there are plenty of TV shows to substantiate this. I can think of the Sex in the City where Charlotte got mad because her dog, Elizabeth Taylor, was able to get pregnant immediately and she couldn't get pregnant. She was angry at the dog, which wasn't fair because it had a sweet face. But when you're trying to get pregnant, it does feel personal and you do feel like the world is throwing, it's it's irrational, but... Uh, but it feels very personal. The, the world is throwing everyone else's fertility in your face. And you're not mad at your friends, but you're mad. And it has nothing to do with them. And it just hurts, especially if a friend already has kids. Like it's almost like the universe, like it's going to run out. And you're like, well, she already has hers. Why can't I have one more? As if, as if these things are fairly balanced. If you, first of all, you cannot worry about your friend's reaction because what are you going to do? Get rid of the baby so that she gets hers. You were always going to try for this baby. You wanted this baby. Even if you didn't want this baby, you're having this baby. She will be happy for you. And I think the right way to do it is to take her out for a coffee or come over and be like, I have some happy news, but I wanted to be sensitive in the way that I share it with you because I love you and I know how hard it is. I'm going to have a baby and she'll be happy and she'll put on a brave face and you know that she'll be crying about it later. And then you explain to her, be like, I know how difficult this is. And so I wanted to share it with you privately and have a moment with us because I wanted to have people over. I would love for you to be there, but I understand if you don't want to go, but what I didn't want to do was catch you off guard and surprise you and act like I didn't know how you might feel. I promise you, having gone through this myself, because I did have to tell a friend who had been trying that I was going to have a baby. And of course, because she's my friend and she's smart, she was happy for me. I don't know if she left that breakfast and cried and got frustrated. I know that I have. You can't control that. All you can control is the kind way that you tell her. And if she is angry at you, this person is awful. Um, But let her, even she could be a little bit disappointed in the moment, but it's not about you. So do that. Do not spring it on her. Yeah. That was the most succinct, elegant advice I think I've ever given. That was the one. That was it. We can close up shop. Shut it down, folks. The perfect jewel of advice has been dispensed, has been mined and And set in a perfect... Just apply it to every situation. Any problem you're having, just listen to that advice about telling a friend that you're pregnant. In my house, we have this thing where we say, it's all wrapped up in one perfect. And then Noah cups my face and says, dog balloon. 
No, he's going to be mad that I told everyone that. One, perfect. Oh, and then people are going to comment it on his Instagram comments. The world can be he's yours. He's going to be like, nothing is, nothing is sacred. What's amazing is how quickly people adopt things. I'm like, here's a weird thing I thought of. They're like, totally, Biptar. <laughs> <laughs> All wrapped up in one perfect dog balloon just for you. We're going we're gonna to wrap up this dog balloon with the top of the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite, top of the cob. My top of the cob is the other week, I think you listened to the podcast, and I said that I my bottom of the cob was Kashi Goling Crunch. They took out the crunch. They just go. They took out the lean also. So you don't feel as high. Uh, and it wasn't working. And I was like, some, I was like, sometimes when I eat like Chinese food or like really heavy Italian food, I have to go to the bathroom. Like I think it's the oil. So I looked it up. And if you take a tablespoon of olive oil, that can help. So I did. And it helped. And I had done all these things to try to go to the bathroom. I know this is TMI, folks, but then I did that. And it was just like... <laughs> you heard that. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Uh, a, perfect, a perfect answer and then a perfect sound effect. I mean, all wrapped up in one perfect dog balloon because normally I swear by pomegranate juice, but you can't... You drink a thing of Palm Wonderful, like you're going to get a little heartburn. And I did. So kudos to you, ancient Greek method. Having a tough day. Having a real tough day. Uh, our, our fan top of the cob. Very related to that. They say, my top of the cob is you both, Eliza and Emily. I've started a new corporate job, which is foreign to me, but I keep Eliza's voice as my motivation. Emily is my voice of reason. Not to say you both don't equate to either, but you both show this in different ways. You both have made my first week enjoyable. And with the tools you've given me, I know I'll be successful at this job. I love you both very much. Love, Ashley. Love and now that. Ashley has another tool in her arsenal. Drink olive oil. <laughs> yeah, keep that diuretic hack in your toolkit. In your butt toolkit. I also think we should start doing like corporate mentorship programs. Like <laughs> I should rent a room at the Ramada and offer a free deli meat lunch and be like, here's how you no, can no, un no. unlock your potential in one perfect dog balloon, Emily. No, 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 no. You need to be a consultant. You need to consult with CEOs, like exec level people and say like, I can teach you how to engage better with your employee. Like that's where you make the money. No, because I don't know how to read a graph. So I think, <laughs> no, I think what I need, I got to go lower. I got to get into the whole like empower me, empowerment, girl boss motivation world. Because that is just, it's just perfect for scammers. I got to come up with a line of candle doilies, and they do that write, women's conference thing, that made up thing at the LA Convention Center. And I went once because I thought it would be funny where it's just booths of scammers and like housewives doing talks and you pay to get in. But also there's a lot of coupons to get in. Like you don't really have to pay. And it's just a bunch of nonsense. What people don't people realize haircuts. is that if you really want to succeed in business, like you have to be smart. And you got all these fucking idiots out there like, I'm manifesting, I'm believing, I'm starting three companies, but I'm only paying attention to one and they all have different branding. You got to be smart. Even the an idiot that's smart can start a company. And so that's what people are like, if I read these books and I keep these journals, it's like, you know, take a, take a business class. My top of the cup is actually semi-related to that in that I realize that I love when I see some crappy, scammy product, usually on Instagram, 
that is so made up for a problem that no one has. Yes. I love it. I love that typewriter that's like, it's not connected to a computer, but it's like a digital face. So like, get your writing done without the distraction of the internet. It's like this little digital, yep. like old school, weird PDA thing to write on. Or like some somebody sent me like a Kickstarter for this little chair seat you attach to your chair so that your cat won't sit on your chair as though a cat a cat ever does. And I was like, oh my God, I wish that my cats would do that. But I love those products where it's like, this isn't solving a problem anyone has, but it's so great. Like I want to buy those things. Well, because to some people that's new, like that typewriter you're talking about, I owned one of those in the eighth grade. It was like before word processors, like it was like a very expensive, nice typewriter. And so Mm -hmm. all it is, is because the internet is forever regenerating. It's just stuff. It's like, just like fashion where like kids now are like, oh, wow. Like alien artwork on your on your oversized t-shirt, baggy jeans. Oh, wow. It's like had it, done it. So things are always being regurgitated. And be aware of the fact that most things on Instagram Marketplace are like cheap crap. And you think it's cool and you see a little mushroom nightlight and you're like, that's amazing. It's only $15. I'm going to order that. And then it comes from China in a broken box from like a Blue's Clues Chinese crossover promotion. And you realize you basically ordered a nightlight from like a Chinese Happy Meal. Did that happen to me? I was hypothetical. But it's just, it's so fun when you find when those things are going, huh, this is solving a problem I never would have thought to Google. Bottom of the cup. Bottom of the cup. Let me do, let me do the fans first because it actually is about Facebook Marketplace. Okay. They say, bad Facebook Marketplace etiquette. Yes, Susan, it's still available. Do you want it or not? If so, please tell me what time you want to pick it up in the next 24 hours. I do yeah. not care that you need to wait for your brother Billy Bob to return from his carnival cruise because you need to use his pickup truck or about whatever other relevant details you feel the need to share to pick up this partially chipped TV stand. She's not coming for it. She's never coming. Uh-huh. Her scam is making you wait. She's not coming for it. Yeah. Okay. What's your bottom of the cob? My bottom, I don't think we talked about this. It's been weighing on me. I don't think we did. Um, did I tell you about my my air conditioning in my home? I was like, oh, it's so hot here. I'm dying. Yeah. So hot. I've turned up the air. I've got the air on 66. Why am I still hot upstairs? In my mind, I'm like, well, I'm upstairs. Heat rises. Like something yeah. about my stuff is jacked up. It's not, it's, it's not going up. The air isn't going up. Yeah. And my dad comes over and he's sitting there and he's like, it's so hot. Can I touch your thermostat? And I'm like, yeah, I, it's so weird. I have it at 66. He goes over and he looks, he goes, you have it at 66 heat. You oh, don't have it on God. cool. And I was like, oh, what's the difference? I've just been living like that. So, 66 right, degrees so is 66 degrees. 66 heat means that if it gets, if the temperature gets to 66 in the house, the heater will kick in. So wow. no air was coming out. The cool was not on. And I was sitting here with my smart thermostat. I installed it myself. It's a smart thermostat. So I figured it, I figured I was like, oh, whatever number it's on, it like knows what's happening in the air and it's adjusting accordingly. But to have such a massive thing that I just, I own a home now. I'm a homeowner and I've been sitting here sweating, moving an oscillating fan from room to room because Rizzoli's scared of ceiling fans, putting it on me while I sleep, laying in front of a fan. I have air conditioning in my home that I paid for. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm glad you got to figure it out. Don't feel bad because being a homeowner just means you're entering into a world of fully acknowledging all of the things you don't know. Like I've owned several homes and I am not positive how a tankless water heater works or if we have one. No idea. And I just kind of pawn it off on Noah. And that's a mistake as a woman. Like you should know this stuff, but like... 
I've had workers come over and like ask me for panels and I'm like, I have no idea what that is or where it is. It's just a lot. It's just a lot. And it just takes a lot of practice and time. So don't beat yourself up over it. But at least, at least the heat wave, mini heat waves over in your house. <laughs> it is. It's so nice. <laughs> I hope it doesn't sound that different. I'm re-recording my bottom of the cob and it's on my phone because we got to get the episode out. So here we go. My bottom of the cob is I got my first taste of being judged as a parent. And I always give advice. I'm like, who cares what anyone says? But until it happens to you, you don't realize how small it can make you feel. And I'm sure it'll happen more and more the older my daughter gets. But we decided to eat in like a little park. We got sandwiches and we sat down. There's no one around us. And Sierra was being a good girl and she got up and she kind of started to walk away. And she was dressed so cute and she has her little banana in her hand. And I, joking, because I would never like verbally assault my child, I was like, get back here. And she's like giggling. And I was like, nope, come back, come back. And she's kind of challenging me on it. And there was a table of older people. And say older, they were probably in their late 60s, early 70s, and they were all having lunch. And I go, see, and she looks at them. And they were looking at her because she's so cute. I go, see, they want you to come back, monster. And I said it because, you know, she's like a little monster, like running away. And the woman at the table goes, you should go back, but she's not a monster. And I made a dumb joke. I was like, well, she is when she's hungry or something that women say, like, oh, my kids are fucking bitches when they're hungry. Like I just, it felt like not a joke that I make. It's also not the way that she is. But I guess in the moment, having a woman correct me and all I ever do is like play around with my daughter and say sweet things. Having someone say that, the tone being like, just in case your mother always tells you you're awful, I, a Bryn Mawr graduate sitting at this table of other literary professors, want you to know you're not a monster. And she could have meant it like, no, you're not a monster, get over here. But just to have somebody negate what I said, I just felt awful the rest of the day. And so it is a lesson to just, I guess it's my fault. Like watch what you say around people, but also fuck that lady. Also, I probably would have done the same thing. That was my bottom of the cup. So I'm about to head out on a pretty big tour. Kicking it off in Milwaukee. We got Chicago. We got Grand Rapids. Tickets at Eliza.com slash tour. As always, see that we have 3,000 reviews, all of them shining and positive. Leave a review if you haven't before. Write in your questions. Give us those follow-ups. You guys have been great about that. What? I'm going to tell them where to email their questions. Oh, yeah. Please. Sorry. Please sorry. email your questions to askelizapodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram or Twitter. If you DM us on Twitter, I won't see it for a little while, but I will see it eventually when I'm searching for questions. What about um, threads? Ask. What about threads? <laughs> I haven't started us a threads yet. Please start uh, us a threads. Use your spare time stars and threads and i'd also like to say if you love this pod recommend it to a friend it's fun to listen together and discuss daddy daughter bonding time couples long rides this is the pod for you that 12 year old that plays D from the last episode yeah get on it you're a smart one get on it emmy award-winning john mulaney presents everybody's in la a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. 
The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.